Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. This is, I you know, there's it's a, it's an interesting week because we have maybe all three of us are traders. All three of us are going to cover this movie called American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally. I had no idea who Axis Sally was before watching this. I think Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky they're going to chime in whether this story of Axis Sally was worth watching. I also foisted on my betters this movie that you know we were kind of lazy this week and we didn't we didn't track down you know I, I didn't track down a quiet place too because I haven't I haven't seen a quiet place I really wanted both of them to see Castle Keep and Eric Holmes aka the trial of Eric Sally of Eric Sally Castle Keep did you see any kind of was that a, an interesting watch as as far as teaser goes? As I was I was trying to get you and Bruce just seduce you guys to watch this. Was it uh, kind yeah. of almost okay? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. Uh, I, I, are we getting into that now? Or are we just kind of. Oh, we're just we're just teasing. We're okay. teasing. Yeah, I, I won't say anything then. But uh, yeah, it was uh, not quite what I expected. We'll, not we'll quite. say that. Okay, and Eric Holmes, you do cast a giant shadow over this podcast. Can you tell our listeners how did you stumble upon that? Is that just a random watch or you, you just, I'm, I'm assuming you love one of the actors involved in the movie. Is that why? Oh, cast a giant shadow. Yeah. Yes. That's it's a, uh, it's a, uh, one of, uh, one of many on my journey throughout Kirk Douglas's filmography. <laughs> speed so, around Eric Holmes, speed so, around. Someone comes up to you, Eric Holmes, Kirk Douglas, I need to see a movie right now of a great performance or a great movie. What's, what's the first movie that comes to your mind? Uh, Ace in the Hole or Ooh, Paths okay. of Glory. I think those are probably the top two. But the, okay. they're, they're all good, which is kind of the point. I'm still waiting to, I'm still waiting to get to that bad movie and haven't quite. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, avoiding his later movies. Uh, you know, after he had his stroke, I'm guessing they uh, carted him out. So I'm assuming if I do hit a bad one, I'll probably probably be later on. But maybe something like Diamonds or something like that, which, um, yeah, started to co-star Jenny McCarthy. Bruce Perky, speed round. Kirk Douglas movie. Someone comes up to you. What movie do you re- recommend? Do you agree with Eric Holmes or is it something different? I'm trying to see if I can come up with something different. But I, yeah, probably Paths of Glory. That's just, it's so undeniably good. Stanley, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Hot take, Stanley Kubrick's one of the worst filmmakers in cinema. Am I wrong? I just Probably. To, I, yes, I, I'm definitely wrong. That was just... <laughs> if you're an actor to, who doesn't like to do lots of takes, yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, I just want to clickbait people to listen to this episode. That, that's, that's not even a hot take. It's so patently ridiculous <laughs> that we just assume you're joking. Yeah, you know, I'm going to just tweet so we get more listens. Is Stanley Kubrick the most, most what, uh, most overrated filmmaker of all time? I don't know if that'll get us listens or will that actually get us away uh, unsubscribers from our Apple podcast podcast. Okay, so that's a Paths of Glory. And my Kirk Douglas vote is this Anthony Quinn Western co-starring Kirk Douglas called Last Train at Gun Hill. Not as good as Eric Holmes's picks of Paths of Glory. And what was the other one? Yes, Ace in the Hole. But for me, it's Last Train at Gun Hill. And of course, we were talking about Bruce, Bruce Dern uh, what, what, a month and a half ago. Bruce Dern and Kirk Douglas in the Kirk Douglas directed feature, Posse. Yes, Posse. We love we love Posse. And, you know, I was going to, Bruce Perky, what do you got this week? What do you got? What, do you have like a little recommendation? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mild recommendation, but it's mild. kind of an oddball one that people might oh. not have seen. So I, I'm going to recommend The Windmill. And then we're all oh. going to talk about... Greg's Fox so, movie. Yeah, Rams. So, yes, you you picked. Okay, remember, listeners, what's in the box? Bruce Perky is the most generous. 
Well, actually, Eric Collins is very generous because with the Entertain Mark giveaways that he does, very generous. It just makes me look like a big a-hole because Bruce Perky is also very generous. Every week, he'll actually watch a movie that listeners are recommending to him. All you need to do is email BrucePerky at gmail.com or talk to him in our Cinematics Facebook group and actually recommend a movie to put in his What's in the Box segment. He actually picked my pick, which is Rams, the original version of Rams, released in 2015. Bruce Perky actually saw it this week. He's going to have his thoughts. I love Rams. Eric Holmes, again, out of us three, he is the ultimate extra credit cinephile. He's actually, he's jumping in on this review as well because he has seen Rams. You know, when we started, I thought Bruce Perky was the one who was watching all of those movies every week, like 10 to 12. Eric Holmes, I think, I think you're the one who watches most of the movies every week, right, Bruce? Do you agree with this? Do you think he watches the most movies or what do you think? I, I, I think uh, yeah. It huh? fluctuates. I have my moments, but lately he's been he's been winning the charge on that for sure. <laughs> he is leading the charge regarding our just massive movie watching per week. I do our, not lead. Yes, our our, uh, our periods are unsynced perfectly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very unsynced. And as usual, I'm the one who watches the least every week because I always bring out the proverbial rear with this podcast. So our main okay, Bruce Brook is shaking his head rightfully so you know our main review we have two main reviews again it's american trader the trial of access sally we're gonna start off with that first and then we're gonna we're gonna go into castle keep castle keep is one of these in my opinion gems that i'm really excited that we can talk about in this podcast now american trader the trial of access sally it hits select theaters on demand may 28th 2021 it is directed by michael polish stars al pacino that's the reason why i wanted to actually get the screener link for all of us and I do the work. I do enjoy the work of Michael Polish as well. Stars Meadow Williams, Mitch Pileggi. If you've known him, I'm sure Bruce or Eric, they've known Mitch a lot for those years with his uh, work in, in um, the X Files. Okay, so it's based on a true story and it centers on the life of Mildred Gillars, played by Meadow Williams. And Mildred, she's an American who during World War II, she was dubbed Axis Sally because she was a radio broadcaster and entertainer who would actually, she was actually behind enemy lines, working Nazi propaganda in Germany to act that actually American troops would listen to. So in a way, though she's American, she's actually, she was actually working for the Germans. A lot of times it, it suggests not willingly, she was really forced under uh, Goebbels to actually uh, broadcast these Nazi propaganda to the American troops. So post-World War II, she is arrested for her crimes. And this movie centers on the trial of Axis Sally, a.k.a. Mildred Gillars, and that is played by actress Meta Williams. Al Pacino has a very meaty role as the lawyer who begrudgingly defends her in the trial. Okay, so just from, yeah, just just from this narrative, it feels very epic. It's 107 minutes. It's rated R. Again, I, I like Michael Polish. I liked his last movie he did. I think it's called Force of Nature with Mel Gibson. I really love his body of work. It's an interesting movie. Al, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to get into the weeds in a second. I'm going to start off with Bruce Perky right now. Do I say, first of all, I'm going to start off with you, Bruce Perky. I apologize regarding American Trader, the trial of Axis Sally. Should I be apologizing or was there a light at the end of the tunnel regarding your review of this movie? Uh, it was light a train. I'm not sure. Um, a, uh, yeah, there. this movie really wasn't for me. I mean, I'm, I don't want to be the bad guy every week. So I just to say that it just didn't, it didn't work very much at all for me. I, first of all, there's not much trial in this movie for a trial movie. The trial is pretty in 
pretty small. It's pretty insignificant. And the stuff that goes on in the trial is pretty rote. I think it's not very unique or I don't know, revealing for the story. It's a lot of flashbacks, a lot of her and you know, what she was like when she was, you know, Axis Sally quote. Uh, I just, it felt like this was really bound to about three locations, three sets. And it just didn't ever, this didn't ever take off for me. It was just very bland. <laughs> I'd have to say. Do you think the much. story could have un- under better hands or better execution? It could have been a better story. I mean, the, st- the true story itself was it interesting to you on that on a service level, and they just weren't, weren't able to execute that? I mean, vision? it could be. I suppose it could be. It, it just it, it never felt like it went very deep in any way. Like, I never really felt like I understood her. I mean, I kind of tried to make a point that she was sort of you know coerced into what she did, but uh, it was uh, it was all kind of after the fact. It didn't really. I, yeah, I mean, it could have been interesting. Yes, uh, I feel like if we would have really understood her character and really dug deep and maybe she was conflicted. I I don't know. I just, it felt really generic in the way it was presented to me. And I didn't feel like, and I don't want to be mean, but I don't think Meadows is really up for the task. (laughs) I don't think, I think she was definitely the weakest link here to me, but mm, I don't know. Opinions vary, as they say, in Roadhouse. Oh, opinions vary, as they say. Bruce Perkins trying not to be the villain, but we all know in this Star Wars universe who is truly Darth <laughs> Vader, and that would be Bruce Perky, Luke Skywalker, the light. Oh, how the- dare you? I'm Emperor Perkatine. Per- how do I say that? <laughs> Perkatine. Perkapalpatine. Per- I don't know. Eric Holmes, would you consider yourself Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, a Jedi? A memo. Okay, there he's breaking out. The he's, a Jawa. He's, a Jawa. He's, a, he's a Jawa. He's a Jawa. He's a Jawa. You're a Jawa, Eric Holmes. Listeners, I go can to our. Feel your hatred. Come <laughs> to the dark side. Very, very good. Is... I don't have to take any steps. I think I'm pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, you you said before we started recording, before Bruce hopped onto the Zoom call, you said you have thoughts regarding this movie hopefully these uh, is there some kind of is there something to be gleaned on, on a positive note or are, are you on the same train on the same track with with bruce Berkey's assessment of this film uh kind of um first of all the 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 best thing this movie did was it got me looking up the the real life events of who who access sally was and uh because i i think the story is interesting this movie was really frustrating and not because of the movie but the story uh because part of our justice system is is much like our freedom of speech you're supposed to defend the speech you don't like because that's how important it is you know you can't right. just defend the speech you like uh if you're a attorney you're supposed to defend your your client And Al Pacino did not do that. In fact, he actively didn't, you know, uh, sorry, we got a, apparently we got a party going on out there. It's all right. Greek (laughs) course is fine. So Al Pacino, I think as a, his character as a attorney is very extremely unethical, which is hard to say because Axis only worked for the Nazis. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard to feel sorry for but at, at the same time, that's the point. And I kind of wish the movie leaned on that a little harder. It kind of did towards the end, but only sort of. I like the idea that Axis Sally is a uh, you know despicable character. You know, she worked for the Nazis, uh, helped uh, do propaganda, at, and she they, they had the idea that she was under duress. But I think they 
presented it more of her being an opportunist at the beginning wait you know and i don't know which one it was i mean there i guess there was that scene where she was raped which came out of nowhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. uh, but that that's neither here nor there but i i do like the idea of a story of having having a client that's despicable and having an attorney that does everything they can to represent them in court because that's what you're supposed to do. Your job isn't to admonish them. Your job is to give them a fair trial. And when you give them a fair trial and it turns out they were guilty, they earned it. You know, it, if you throw it away, the thing I was thinking of was like a Harvey Weinstein, for example. Mm-hmm. Har- I want Harvey Weinstein so badly. I want him to have the f- a fair trial. And I want him to have a fair trial, find out he's guilty, and then he goes to jail or, or whatever happens. Because... If he has a fair trial, you can't then go back and say it was railroaded. As it as Access Sally was presented in this movie, she was completely railroaded. So there's, you know, you can never say uh, she was innocent and got an unfair shake. If she had a fair trial and she was found guilty, I, I think it would have more weight to the, uh, you know, how things turned out for her. But as it is, you know, Al Pacino's character just kind of didn't care and he was actively working against her. And that just that just really bugged me. The story bugged me. But uh, what bugged me even more was that the movie didn't really lean into that. It didn't lean into the ramifications of what it means for an attorney attorney to turn on their client. You know, and I think that would have been the more interesting movie. And they touch on that a little bit. I don't think they really hit the nail on the head. This is probably a good example of a movie. As it is, it's pretty decent. But this story could have been fantastic. Like it, it could have just been something that just got my blood boiling, screaming at the you know, screaming at the screen. And I did at times, but yeah, it it, it just did just didn't quite hit the nail on the head for me. So not a recommend for you, Eric. Even though you gave it a very insightful review, it got you thinking about it. Access Alley's life, which you did some research afterwards. So that's yeah. value added, but ultimately not a recommendation. For I, I think it is for just for the historical context of it, because okay. I think the story is interesting. And I think there's some people that might watch this and uh, be like, wow, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know this or that. That said, they, there might be some frustration there. And to, to Bruce's point, certain parts with Access Sally and her exploits, Prior to the trial, yeah, that didn't quite work out. It kind of reminded me of uh, all Meryl Streep's uh, scenes in the post, where like the 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 trial is the interesting part. That's the part I want to see. Or in the case of the post, like all the stuff, like them trying to figure out everything in the post is the interesting stuff. And then they keep cutting at Meryl Streep at parties. I'm like, the fuck, and quit it. Let's go on. Get back to the interesting part. Quit cutting to this part. Yeah, there, there's a good movie in here. This doesn't quite hit it. But at the same time, I think there's value added to the fact that uh, this is a part of history I didn't know about and maybe other people would be interested in. And I just I hope this uh, story gets a better movie in the future. Okay, so that is your your take. You give it a slight recommendation. Eric Holmes, very good review on that. For American Trader, The Trial of Access Alley. This movie, I full, full disclosure, I've interviewed Michael Polish before. I really, again, I really like his work. I interviewed him last year for Force of Nature, the Mel Gibson movie, which I thought, thought was very, really out there and really cool and didn't get a, its fair shake when it was released. Liked that movie a lot. There's another movie, a black and white film he did in 2011 called For Lovers Only. Huge fan of that movie. 
It's a DIY film. There's another movie he did with Billy Bob Thornton back in 2006 called The Astronaut Farmer. Like that as well. Nice family movie. He is, and I'm sure Bruce Perky being the artist you are, indie indie guy, maybe in maybe in the late 90s, you probably saw Twin Falls, Idaho. So when they were, he and his brother, uh, they did, uh, the Polish brothers, they did Twin Falls, Idaho, and they also did North Fork. So this guy, Michael Polish is very talented. Okay. And I liked him. I like him as a person from the interview. That said, Ameri- this, this Axis Sally movie didn't work for me whatsoever. Not one. Um, maybe I'll be the bad guy this week. But for me, I'll, I'll agree with you, Eric. Just to know the, the historical context about Axis Sally in her life, value added on a historical level. So I'm going to almost actually going to give it a slight recommend regarding this. And so actually this movie has a lot of flaws. I'm giving it a very slight recommend for the historical value, this American Trader, the, the Trial of Axis Sally. And number two, which is actually number one with a bullet, is I remember years ago for The Devil's Advocate, Al Pacino launched into a huge monologue yelling that monologue <laughs> because, yeah, spoiler alert, Al Pacino's the devil in The Devil's Advocate. He's yelling at Keanu Reeves and he's telling Keanu Reeves, you know what? God's an absentee landlord. Okay. And I love that. I love when Al Pacino just, or Scent of a Woman, pick your movie. And if there's an Al Pacino monologue, if you like Al Pacino, this movie is the, this movie is worth seeing because even the Bruce Perky was talking about the courtroom drama aspect of it, which was slight. I'll agree with that. But in the third act, if you want to see Al Pacino go impromptu, extemporaneous, just talking out of his the left side of his ear about justice and the mishandling of it and whether you like your client or not, all that stuff, it is worth it. It is worth it just for that Al Pacino monologue knowing the life of Axis Sally, everything else around it to me just didn't click. I didn't feel like I was, you know, Polish is a lot of Polish's work. You feel like you're really living in the, the skin of these people. I felt like I was not living in the skin of any of these people in American trader, the trial of Axis Sally. And it just seemed like these people were playing dress up, working really hard at making this indie movie look like a big time movie. So kudos on the hard work. But overall, it didn't completely click with me. Slight recommend, again, for the Pacino monologue and also for the historical value. Guys, anything, extra comments regarding this movie, which hits theaters um, on Friday and on demand? Anything else before we go to the next one? I did like Al Pacino in this. Okay. (laughs) I I hated his character, but I liked Al Pacino in this. Uh, Al Pacino, the actor, anyway. Uh, But yes. Okay, as as Eric Holmes puts on his hood one more time. <laughs> Bruce Burke, I'm just going to ask you before we get into Castle Keep. Castle Keep right now is, I hope as we speak, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. That's why me, you, and Eric were able to see Castle Keep. So that is a plug for Amazon Prime Video. But today, as we speak, and by probably by the time I upload this, it'll be old news. Amazon buys the entire MGM library. Want to get both of your takes on this, which it seemed inevitable because when you look at Amazon Prime Video, you're looking at, they probably have the best collection of the really old movies. And I go, oh, a lot of these seem like they're from MGM. So uh, Bruce, you want to chime in on your thoughts regarding Amazon Prime becoming basically their own studio with uh, with this MGM purchase? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, it's it's always bad when they, you know, these groups become more and more of a conglomerate and they have everything. But 
for the movie lover, it's good because you'll get access to even more. And I have to say of, of all the studios, you know, Netflix making their own films and, and various companies making their own films for streaming services. I feel like Amazon has been consistently doing some of the most interesting work as well. So the fact that they're doing some interesting stuff out of actual Amazon studios and adding this into their repertoire, I think will be really value added. For And the thing is, unlike Netflix, which some people might be jumping off of to go to Disney or whatever, pretty much almost everybody's going to have Amazon Prime Video because you've got Amazon for other things. So I think in the long run, it, it's unfortunately going to increase their monopoly, but fortunately give us some great, great options for movie lovers. So Eric Holmes, do you have a counter with that? Do you agree with Bruce regarding this Amazon purchase and MGM? Do you mind conglomerates? I don't mind, you know, I'm going to say it right now, I don't mind con- my only problem with conglomerates and, and being on one thing is like, our find your the, the, the good folks here at Find Your Film, we don't get any trickle-down economics coming. I want some coins. I want some crypto coins. I want some dollars. I want some money coming our way, right? And then I don't mind the monopoly. Eric Holmes, am I wrong on that? It's home. anyway. Um, I, I'm, I'm, always <laughs> sus- I'm always suspect when a, uh, a giant corporation uh gets uh hold of rights of art okay yeah. because then they become disney and what does disney love to do they love to gate keep their movies and keep them from people um yeah. i mean we talked about something wicked this way comes which is just one example it's a disney movie you can't get it <laughs> so amazon doesn't seem to do that they just kind of put everything out there so that's good but i mean you always got to be, I always get suspicious when something like that happens because these corporations get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then next thing you know, you know, a, a bunch of, a uh, bunch of art gets lost as a result. I hope that doesn't happen, but. A bunch of art gets lost. That, that, that might be a really great segue, but Bruce, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What'll really happen is it'll, instead of being Amazon prime and having prime video, it'll all of a sudden be Amazon movies plus. For an extra ten dollars a month, <laughs> that's what's going to most likely happen. I bet you anything. That and quite, so. quite honestly, I think they need to. Uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I think they need to. We need to rethink how public domain works. Mm. I think they're because public domain is is huge because it, it's it's a way that kind of uh, brings ideas to you know people. And then they kind of rework it and put it out there. Like, like Night of the Living Dead is public domain. Night of the Living Dead is never going away because anyone can access it. Anyone can, you know, do whatever they want, make whatever they want out of it. And as a result, Night of the Living Dead will live forever in whatever capacity anyone wants it to. Star Wars lives and dies at the, at the whim of Disney. And right now it's fine if you'd like Star Wars, as I do. You know, there's lots of Star Wars coming out, but... The second they decide to, uh, you know, put a, a paywall on everything and, uh, you know, that that could go away real quick. Credit to Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky for being the in, have, living a life of integrity and being the watchdogs of all things art and cinema. I'm not saying that sarcastically. Because, you know, Blu-ray, DVD, you never know what's going to happen with some of these films, like Something Wicked This Way Comes. You know, there must be so many movies that really go by the wayside. So maybe, who knows what will happen regarding this Amazon and MGM, not even merger, Amazon purchase of MGM. My personal take is I'm really a fan of this purchase of MGM as a conglomerate because, you know, FYI, find your film, the Find Your Film podcast, we are a member of Amazon Associates. So if you like anything or you want to rent anything, click on the links below, okay? So I am a sellout 
Bruce and Eric support also them. Sellouts. They're not, <laughs> also sellouts. <laughs> Anyways, that is our Amazon MGM take. Your Bruce and Eric have have morals. I have no. Uh, I can't even spell morals. So that we're talking about art, and we're talking about how sacred it is, and how it can be bastardized or stolen or destroyed. That is one of the minor themes behind our next movie. It's a 1969 film called Castle Keep. It's directed by late filmer, filmmaker Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack is best known for such films as Jeremiah Johnson, Three Days of the Condor, Tootsie, Havana, you name it. He's done it. He's a great filmmaker. And I had no idea he did this movie called Castle Keep. And I'm just going to do a quick IMDb plot synopsis of this. It stars Burt Lancaster, um, um, an actor who... Eric Holmes, as much as he likes Kirk Douglas, he's also a huge Burt Lancaster fan as well. So credit to Eric Holmes for that. I forget if Bruce Perky, are you a big Lancaster guy or is there still a lot more movies of his that you think you really need to see? You haven't really seen a lot of his stuff. I probably need to see a lot more. I've seen, uh, have seen him in things, but I, I can't off the top of my head think of five of them. And the Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, mm, the... 70s one yeah i think he was in that was it was yeah. he in that one maybe i'm wrong maybe not yeah and then then brando later would be in the, the frankenheimer yeah. version was he but, in and, from here to eternity or yes he's the main guy he's yeah. the main guy you know yeah. he and deborah kerr okay. they're the care uh care or car deborah carr they're they're making out by the swim and then there's like that, that wave and some black and white so it's uh, i only he, know her from the uninvited sorry i can't, the, can't the uninvited <laughs> and the innocence and uh yeah king king and i Innocence, yeah, I, yes. Yeah, innocence. Yes. Okay, so now Sydney Pollock, Castle Keep, plots up, plots and ops during the Battle of Bulge, an, an an anachronistic count shelters a ragtag squad of Americans in his 10th century castle, hoping a battle there against the advancing Germans will not lead to its destruction and all the heritage within. Basically, you have a group of American soldiers, they're assigned to guard this 10th century castle. Because inside the castle, there's so many priceless works of art. But there's a lot of Germans here. They're, they are advancing. This is like basically think about the Alamo meets World War II. This is ultimately, this is not a spoiler. They know it. You know it by the first opening moments. They're guarding this. It is ultimately might be a suicide mission. It stars Burt Lancaster. He's, he's the leader of the troop. He has an eye patch a la... Fritz Lang, he has a, he, I don't know, it, it's never explained why he has an eye patch. He just has an eye patch. Columbo, a.k.a. Peter Falk, he's in this. He's excellent as this guy named Sergeant Rossi. There is another lieutenant here. There's a lieutenant, Lieutenant Amberjack, and he's played by Tony Bill, and he's a sort of the spiritual advisor amongst the troop. What's interesting is Tony Bill would ultimately, he was very good in this movie. He would transition from being an actor to becoming a filmmaker. And he's best known, Tony Bill is best known for the movie, movies My Bodyguard and Untamed Heart. So Tony Bill ultimately would become a filmmaker. And there's another actor, black actor named Al Freeman Jr. Plays par- Private Alistair Pearsall Benjamin and Al Freeman Jr. Without giving too much away, he ends up actually being a really big character. Might, might even be possibly a de facto lead in Castle Keep. Eric Holmes, I was praising the living bleep out of this movie it reminded me a little bit as far as the creative spirit and panache of inglorious bastards was i overselling this movie what did you overall think about castle keep i i didn't really get the inglorious bastards vibe that i i was struck by how i've never seen a war yellow before 
<laughs> so I'm watching this going, is this their Jenna movie or what, what, what's going on here? And uh, I, the characters are all fantastic. You got the, not least of which is the guy that has a, uh, a, a like a romantic connection to a Volkswagen for some reason. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's like, a guy. That, yeah. This... We forgot it. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's also Bruce Dern as a, as the, as a deserter, uh, yes, uh, soldier deserter who becomes sort of, a, 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 again, a de facto lead, a spiritual leader of an, an, another crew, another crew living in town, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, this movie is so bonkers. I, I think the story is almost incidental because it's just got so many great characters and one-liners, and it, it's and and it's got the like the the jalo kind of uh, look to it, but it's like kind of a comedy, except for when it's not. And yeah, this this movie is all over the place, and normally that would be a bad thing, but it kind of it kind of works, and I I can't quite put my finger on it, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm totally glad I see, seen this one. And I can't say it would be for everyone, but I think it would be for a lot of people, I, I would imagine. I'd, I'd have to imagine this movie is just too entertaining, not, you know, to, to you know be dismissed. But, yeah, going in, I, I was expecting this to be like a, um, you know, just a Hogan's Heroes or Kelly's Heroes sort of thing. Um, that would have, you know, that would have worked as that linear, yeah. just action pulpy thing. Right? And it would have, but this movie just goes for it and it, it goes for it in like all sorts of directions. And I was kind of actually tickled by it. I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe this movie exists. And yeah. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, to that point, it's, this movie is based on a novel by William Eastlake. It is written, co-written the screenplay by Daniel Teradash and David Raphael. Screenplay script novel. I, I'm going to agree with with Eric, this movie is so bonkers, but I really appreciated that. I felt like the writing was actually nuanced because it was so crazy. Am I wrong on this or what, what did you think of what, or was it just too left field for you to actually uh, digest? What did you think? I, I'm kind of in the middle on this one. I think it's, it doesn't work to me as a whole, but some of the parts work really well. And I was struck exactly the same way Eric was when I was watching it. I was thinking to myself, this feels with the dubbing and the editing and the color scheme and the cinematography, this just feels like an Italian movie, even though it's apparently not from all I can tell, but it has that feel. It also has that feel of that late sixties, early seventies, those kind of real drug induced revisionist versions of classic movies. Like this has kind of that, that druggy, um, I don't know, they describe something like uh, Easy Rider, some of those kind of movies where they just kind of are like scene after scene after scene. And sometimes characters go off in ways that you don't understand. Like there's this whole subplot in here. Uh, the VW subplot is by far to me the best thing in this in the movie, by far, especially when the other guys go to try to kill the VW. That, yes. that sequence, that sequence alone is worth the price of admission. I mean, I would say overall, this movie is kind of hit or miss for me, but that scene is amazing. And there's this whole subplot with, Peter Falk, where he just kind of becomes the husband of a baker's wife, maybe yeah, or widow, something. baker's widow, and then he becomes a baker. He loves bread. This is like if you have yeah. to go into this with like the idea. This is like dream fever logic, like people that have been in war too long, and like it's almost not real. Some of it, maybe I don't know. It's it's very weird. Like I said, it's a little bit uneven for me, and and it definitely is a mess. Sometimes it's an awesome mess and sometimes it's just a mess. And I couldn't really tell you exactly what happened other than the Germans are coming and they're going to 
sort of stop them maybe uh, you're not sure exactly it's it's a weird fucking movie yeah. I, I would say it's i would give it a slight recommend but go in i would tell people go in knowing kind of what they're getting into because some people are going to go in for like a regular war movie and be like out 100 percent out they're going to be like nope this is weird so well you know they're, they're, i love how each almost every scene in this movie goes in a direction you have no idea there's a sequence out in the forest where there's a German and one of the soldiers and they're speaking to each other and they're trying to actually connect. And it, you're thinking, okay, so it's might end on a level of betrayal by this person. And this is going to happen. And then it goes completely different and you go, Whoa, there's a, a whorehouse in the middle of town. It's part of their town where they actually go to for fun. And you think the director, Sidney Pollack will handle that, uh, that house of ill repute in a certain way, in a very uh, ex- exploitative way, but it's handled story-wise in a very different way and it's a very important part of the third act where you actually find the the ultimate confrontation between the germans and the soldiers a lot of this is character building i you know i i hate to pull out you know what maybe every single week we'll mention Zack snyder but <laughs> like army of the dead castle keep has a lot of <laughs> sorry bruce a lot of world building a lot of this movie is character exposition and you're learning about the castle the castle keep the people in it and the the actual battle itself is, in my opinion, pretty cool. But if you're not liking that story and where it's going, it, it that's my only that's my only um, warning because it really it gets, goes out there. But it's really absurdist in a lot of ways too. Yeah. I think you mm-hmm. have to let people know that, like or like Vonnegut or something maybe, or yes. like that kind of. If that to me is more the flavor of this, and if people don't know that. Like you say, character building, they think, oh, we're going to get in there. We're going to really like get in with the characters and be yeah. this really like quiet. You know what I mean? It's not that. It's more like oddball, almost standalone scenes that are kind of cobbled together. So that's, you got to make sure that they kind of get the picture of this. It's different. Like like Eric said, I've never seen a war movie quite like this, I don't think. So it, it if you're sitting, you know, if you're listening to this and you're sitting around thinking to yourself, I want to watch a bunch of napalm prostitutes destroy two tanks. This is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say spoiler alert, Eric, but this movie's so bonkers that you, you, you can't can just really know. You, you can't, can't spoil this movie. You can't spoil it. The, the whole movie is just a bunch of non sequiturs like strung together. It's like, <laughs> uh, and it's like Peter Falk is just making bread. You want some bread? Hey, I'll have some bread. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? There, there I, are I think, there are twists in this movie that you go, I, you know what? I kind of did not need that twist. But I guess it's here. So let's just add a twist to the <laughs> yeah. bag of ingredients, right? I honestly think I, I, I think I'm a mild recommend on this one. And I just watched it in a regular mindset. But I think if I went back to this movie and just got drunk as fuck and just started watching it, I would yeah. probably love the hell out of it. Because I would just know that I'm getting into this weirdness. But I think, yeah, I, people are going to go in. Some people are going to go in and go like, what? <laughs> Eric, Greg, what are you talking about? You know, they're be like, <laughs> And you know this movie. A lot of this movie is heroic. Okay, there is heroism weirdly, here, though. but it's weirdly, weirdly, and it's played. It isn't played out in the same ham-fisted, just heavy-handed, saccharine way that heroism is played out. It's in many ways, it's just not even played out. It's just such a weird movie. There are people doing heroic. Eric, the the cool thing about movies like this, though, is like if you're watching it and you don't like it, just stick around for ten minutes because yeah. <laughs> it, it might turn into something you do like. Yes. So weird. Well, like compared to Axis Sally, like once you get into it, if you're not liking it, it's that. 
all yeah. the way through other than you get a really good little moment of um, Pacino at the end. But this movie, yeah, like you said, if you're kind of bored of this one particular scene where, I don't know, it's the the love scenes between Lancaster and the the Baron's wife or whatever. And it's like, oh, don't worry. You're going to be making bread and then you're going to be the prostitutes. Then you're going to have a tank. And then, you know, it's going to keep going. So, And then you're going to have a Bruce Dern confrontation and, and Bruce, Bruce Dern's Dern. going to be yelling. <laughs> He's going to be yelling about, about something. So that, I, yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I really want to have a, I really want to have a conversation with a baker about the ethics of war. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and then I just mentioned Al Freeman Jr. Very interesting Excellent black actor, great character actor. We've seen him in million a million things. I'm not spoiling too much. This private, for most of the movie, he's an incidental character. And oh, who knows? He just becomes, oh, just one of the main characters in Castle Keep. Just because, just because, right? And you go, well, that did never really happen, does it? No, but it happened in Castle Keep. <laughs> and it just dawned on me, he's kind of like Ishmael. He's kind of Moby Dick. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but he, he is kind of he's kind of yeah. that. He's a writer. And they got a and... Captain Ahab in this too. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> look at look at look at Bruce Perky slowly but gradually enjoying this more. He throws in <laughs> Herman Melville and Moby Dick. And... I think for Bruce, this may just have bumped up to a six out of nine. Castle. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, look, we we went this whole review not even talking about Burt Lancaster. Most nine out of ten movies, we'd be talking about Burt Lancaster, right? But he's not Bruce. Eric, he's almost a non-entity in this. He almost just stands on the battlements and just says like, "Okay," and then he like has a lo- like a mini love scene with the lady, and that's about it. That's so. it. But he's the, he's top billing. This is how you know. This is how bonkers this movie is. You have Bur- I'm not saying he's not bad. He's good in what he does, but he's just one of the crew, right, Eric? Or do you think? Yeah, he's- yeah. He it'd be kind of like a Big Lebowski. Like Jeff Bridges is great in Big Lebowski, but it, the more you watch it, you're you're more interested in all the minor characters. I, and I think this is, this is kind of one of those type of movies where like Burt Lancaster is great in this, uh, you know his character is good, but like everything that's going on around is so bonkers that it's yeah, kind of like Bruce said, he's almost you could take him out of the movie and you wouldn't even notice because everything around him is just so ridiculous. It's like what is that? What is going on? I get the feeling this is one of those movies too, or if you saw the making of, like if you had a making of documentary on this movie, it's probably amazing. Oh yeah. I bet you there was some crazy shit. I was reading something about like, did the castle like burn down or one of the the exterior castles they used burn down. So that's final. There's some shots towards the end where they, they heard it was burning down and they ran there to get some footage of it burning so they could use it in the movie. I don't know if that's exactly right, but something weird like that. Well, can you imagine life on the set of this movie? I, I don't know what hotel they went to. Maybe that town itself is where they were living. Some of those, you know, oh, right. A lot of drinking, a lot of carousing, a lot of just living. And who knows, uh, Bruce Dern, you're still alive. Hopefully we'll get an interview with Bruce Dern. And we'll get, maybe we'll just ask him all about Castle Keep. You know, I, so. I, I think my least favorite part about this movie was when the zombie tiger shows up. It's like, ah, that's <laughs> okay, a little too okay. much. All right. Zack Snyder shot. I, <laughs> I heard it shot across the bow. But uh, yeah, so that is that is Castle Keep. We could go on forever and ever. There was, uh, oh, this is, okay. One, one last thing. This is how crazy Castle Keep is. In this movie, you you mentioned Bruce Berkey, Burt Lancaster's character. He's, he's romancing the Baroness's wife and who knows who she is? It the wife, the daughter, the who? Who knows? There's a lot. There's a little bit of a subplot there. Anyways, he's romancing her, and there's another soldier who is actually, actually jealous of the coupling, 
not because he wants to be the guy to replace Lancaster and actually better himself, bed her himself. He's just jealous or just mad because he feels like she is not living up to her status in life and, and, and or she is degrading herself. And that's why he's actually has all this hate and or maybe this disdain for her. That that little oh, subplot yeah. is just that is just weird. Like what where does that oh, come from? To, right? He's trying to teach them all about art. That one yeah, yeah, right. There's a scene about teaching art and, and the oh, this movie is, is crazy. I slight recommend recommend from from Bruce. Yeah. But as as the min, minutes go on, as and he's getting into the Herman Melville thing, I'm thinking that slight might be slighter and slight more more. And then here it comes. If you want a war, if you want a war movie, this is absolutely not a recommend. Uh, if if yeah, you're adventurous, this is a very 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 strong recommend. Um, it, okay. it, this it literally depends what you're what you're looking for. Very if you're good. adventurous, go for it. If you're looking for, I want to watch a World War II movie. Stay the fuck away from this one because this is not. It's it's a war movie, but it's not what you're looking for. I will say, if I could live in a movie. Uh, and I, I, and I did, and I didn't die, and I didn't have any bullets. I, I would, I would live in Castle Keep because it is just weird okay. and it's amazing. Hang on, hang on. Get to, so, okay, yeah, Greg, yeah. So All right, we got to find out what location you would live in in Castle Keep. That's what's important. Would you live in the bakery? Well, you could Castle? see my rotund. I'm, 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 I'm covering my rotund the self. So proper house? No, no, because I would, I would first of all, I would start my day off hanging out with Lancaster after he's done with his uh, post-coital moment, maybe have a, have a breakfast with Lancaster's character, look at his eye patch for about 30 minutes, then, then take the VW, Volkswagen, actually ask permission from the soldier, just drive the VW into town. Okay, hopefully uh, the Germans won't get me, but I'll go into town, and then I'll have maybe, uh, maybe a slight uh, appetizer uh, you know, from Peter Falk with the, with the bread, and then I'll go to the local, local whorehouse, not since my, you know, when you're 50, Bruce, I don't know if you know this, but for me in 50, my, my testosterone is a lot lower than it was when I, so there's not a 20, 20, I'm not a Randy person like Eric Holmes. I'd probably just go there for the conversations and the crossword puzzles. So that's it. That's it. That's quite, it. That's quite honestly. In yeah. the, uh, if you're in the Volkswagen, I'd be less concerned about the Nazis and more concerned about the guy trying to hump the Volkswagen as you're driving <laughs> off with it. Yes, yes, listeners. If you actually uh, fantasize about driving the VW featured in Castle Keep, may I please suggest a lot of a lot of sanitizer use within this car? This is where they got the idea for Herbie the Love Bug. Oh, that is so <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, Castle Keep strong recommendation for me. But you know, bottom line is it is a very weird movie. Again, if you are are an adventurous like Eric Holmes says, this might be the movie for you. Okay, so that is our two main reviews this week. We are going with. Bruce Perky, what is your? You have a, a recommendation to give our listeners a light recommendation sure. this week. Um, yeah, it's a it's a mild one. It's it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it, it's you know I'm not going to go super artsy this week. We're just going to have something that's kind of fun and and, and it back in my horror genre. It's on Shutter, but it's also on Hoopla. It's on AMC Plus. It's a little 2016 movie called um, The Windmill, or you might also see it called The Windmill Massacre, and it's um, a I guess it, it's in English, but it takes place in Holland, and I think it's directed by a Dutch person, Nick Jongurius. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, pretty basic concept, but done really well. Um, I'm not really a big, you know, slasher movie kind of guy, but this is kind of a nice little subgenre of that. And it basically starts out with a main character, Jennifer. Uh, she's a 
like a nanny and, and immediately she's confronted by the, the parents of the kids. Like, Hey, we saw your ID. It's a different name, you know, get out of here. And she's out. And then very quickly you meet like five or six other characters. And each of them has something a little bit shady in their background. You're not sure what on some of them, some of them you get to see a little hint of what's up with them. And they all end up together on a tour bus of the countryside of Holland looking at the fields, you know, and the the canals and the windmills. And it takes them about 10 minutes to introduce all these characters and get into the tour bus. Unlike a certain movie that took 55 minutes to get to that point. But I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Army of the Dead reference. Yes. More character development in the first 10 minutes and you got them all on the bus. They get on the bus. (laughs) It breaks down. There's a spooky windmill that's not supposed to be there on the map. There's something weird going on. People start dying. There's some spooky stuff happening, but it's got some great gore. It's got a really surprisingly um, interesting lore that it builds up around this windmill and um, kind of the folklore of the area. And really interesting, different characters that all are dumb in their own ways, but smart in their own ways and and get really unique comeuppances. So uh, it's, when it's they a die, lot of fun. When they die, yeah. is it a release? Because they have, you said comeuppance, so... Or, or is it? Do you feel bad when they when some of these people perished, or how, does it? Um, yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those movies where it's kind of like um this actually operates a little more like I don't know for people who are familiar with it like Tales from the Crypt or some of those old movies where you would have like um a real common one in the old movies would be you'd have Peter Cushing right and he's like on a train with like five characters and he's telling their fortunes and as each of them gets their fortune you get to find out about what bad thing they did in their past and then they get their you know their just desserts it's one of those kind of things where in a sense they're all there and they all have some secret past and that's going to somehow lock in to this overall you know demise that they have so yeah so some of them you, they deserve it some of them you're rooting for them not to have it happen and it's always inventive uh, really good really good production values it's just a lot of fun it's just it's nothing it's not the best thing in the world it's not but it's definitely a good like you want a good simple well done horror movie kind of classic style it's not gonna it's not gonna mess up your mind like Ariaster movies will you know so and yeah, did you like anyway. the um the reveal the end of it the the way it executed itself third act was it fine yes it does build up really well tie it keeps revealing levels of what's happening with this windmill there's like a whole lore behind it more than just a killer there's okay. actually something going on there and it has actually That's has good. to do with the windmill it's pretty pretty cool that is very good so that is the windmill like you said streaming on hoopla and a whole bunch of other places right bruce with you a couple of yep. other shutters where i saw it Shutter. but um, you can get it in other places too yep okay so that is that is bruce's recommendation of the week eric holmes what's your recommendation of the week i have a uh, movie by uh melville shavelson shavelson starring mm-hmm. kurt douglas called cast a giant shadow uh, it's also got uh, it's got Ewell Brenner and uh, uh, John Wayne and Frank Sinatra. I don't have to talk about him too much. <laughs> uh oh. Um, and wait, wait, wait. Was that an entertainment an entertainment mark purchase? Did you go yeah. there recently? Okay. Yeah. Cool. You just and saw it on I, the shelf and you said, "What? Y'all get it?" Yeah. Oh. It's like it's like oh, Kirk Douglas is in it. I'll watch it. And true to form, I uh, I I bought it on DVD and ran it on YouTube to watch it because they suck at life. Well, so when we talk about castle, when, when you buy it on DVD, okay, I'm, I'll I'm rent it. Up. But yeah, okay, when you get it on DVD from Entertain Mart, you have the DVD. 
Mm-hmm. What what leads you to go to the YouTube thing? Um, do you decide like I don't want to put the disc in, or it's just like one of these things? Like, hey, it's more it's easier for you because I've done this myself. I have the DVD. What, what is it? Is it what? It, it's usually it, it's usually a case of I need to get a, a DVD player for my room because the DVD player downstairs, the kids are watching some obnoxious YouTube video. So I'll watch a <laughs> non-obnoxious YouTube video up in my room. Oh, fair, um, fair. But yeah, I, I I think I would save a lot of money if I just, you know, spent 50 bucks and got a Blu-ray player or something, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and and the plot, the plot to cast a giant shadow does not seem very timely whatsoever. Uh, I was kidding. Yeah. I was kidding about it. It seems like a very political film. It's political. I I don't know how timely it is because, well, so the political ramifications of what this movie's about, a lot of it went right over my head, as movies like this tend to do. I I think it's about uh, Israel trying to secede from Arab nation or the. the, 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 I'll go. go I'm going to do it in 1947, following the UN decision to split British Palestine into separate Jewish and Palestinian states. A former U.S. officer army officer is recruited by the Jews to reorganize the, I'm mispronouncing it, I believe, to reorganize the Haganah. So seems yeah. like a very, uh, yeah, very political film, very interesting film. Also, yeah. Angie Dickinson's in it. Really good. Topal's in it. Yeah, very so, good Very good so, cast. So basically, they, uh, they want to get Kirk Douglas to help. Uh, he's had success with this in the past, and so they wanted to have him go over there and help rebuild, uh, I think it's the Israel army, to defend against the Arab. He's helping one of the armies rebuild itself so they can defend themselves against the uh, against the Arabs. And uh, that's what he does. This kind of has, it's kind of similar to Spartacus uh, story-wise, because, you know, he goes up there, tries to build up the army, and they, you know, kind of reject him at first, and then they see how, you know, all his heroics and passion and everything and then they kind of are kind of like oh yeah this is this guy's on our side yeah it, it's uh it, as far as kirk douglas movies go this is probably on the lower tier but still so kind of like kind of like what i was talking about with uh taylor sheridan last week uh those who wish me dead had it not been a taylor sheridan movie it would have been like a 10 out of 10 but since it's taylor sheridan i kind of expect a little more this one's this one's kind of like that and also, it was uh, I saw this shortly after watching Spartacus, which the two are very similar. But also, Spartacus is long, so if you want like a bite-sized version of Spartacus or Spartacus Light, this this would probably kind of uh, scratch similar itches. Um, also, uh, talking about Castle Keep earlier, if you want to watch a war movie, like a straight-ahead war movie, I would go this over Castle Keep because this is a little more straightforward because it's based on a true story. Uh, it's got the political intrigue, but there's a bunch of uh, war scenes. Uh, some of the war scenes, some of the uh, uh, the fighting scenes are really good. They use, I, they use like a blue screen a couple of times, like late in this, which look really, That I'm pretty sure it's a blue screen. I want to see what year this, 1966. That couldn't have been blue screen. It looked like blue screen because it wasn't... It, they had rear, rear projection, pro- maybe they had rear projection, but like so, there's a part where uh, Frank Sinatra, he's in this, he's only in it for a little bit, but he's like flying a plane, and you can tell it's it's like I thought it would be rear projection, but he's got like this blue outline around him, mm. so it's like I, I, I don't 
I don't know. It, it totally looks like blue screen, but I don't know the history of blue screen and if that was even around then. But uh, yeah, I, it, this is mm. definitely a cool movie. And if you want to watch a war movie, it's a good one. Probably not Kirk Douglas's best, but I mean, so far we're talking about 10 out of 10s. This one's probably like an eight and a half out of 10. I would say. Oh, eight and a half out of 10. Okay, so that's Cast a Giant Shadow. It is currently on DVD and you can also rent it on via, via YouTube, which Eric Holmes did. And yeah, and I was reading John Wayne's basically hardly in this, right? He's in it for a couple minutes. He, oh, okay, that that is probably another thing I should bring up. I, I love John Wayne. I've seen a bunch of John Wayne movies. Kirk Douglas just acts circles around. <laughs> so, so like John Wayne just kind of shows up. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with like we're used to the other part, you know, the John Wayne kind of draw. And so watching John Wayne movies now, it almost seems like uh, someone doing an impression. But that's just how he talks. So, you know, that, that's not really fair to him. But Kirk Douglas is so good that when him and John Wayne have scenes together, I'm like, God, John Wayne, why did you say yes to that? <laughs> Kirk Douglas is so much better than you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, yeah. Um, yeah, John, if you're a John Wayne fan and you want to remain a John Wayne fan, stay far away from this movie because, uh, uh, uh it, him acting alongside Kirk Douglas definitely shows uh shows the scenes of John Wayne's acting I guess. Yeah, I was reading one of these IMDb reviews on Cast of Giant Shadow and they were saying with this epic movie the um, we're assuming a lot of that budget was sent to John Wayne's way for for his salary in this movie because yeah. the special effects in this movie were something else. So. <laughs> Here's another thing. And I didn't even think of that just until just now when you said epic movie. This is movie is epic. I mean, it it spans quite quite a long time, and it's quite a journey getting to uh, where Kirk Douglas starts to where he ends. Also, the end end of this is really great too. But besides that, this movie is like really epic, and it's two hours long. So you you can you can do that. You can have you can have big story within a shorter time frame. It's almost as if, and I could be crazy. If okay. you're a good storyteller, you, you don't need two hours and twenty. Okay, okay. <laughs> you might, you, you might not. Need, okay. Now there, there could be a there could be a uh, Melville cut of this. It's four hours long that you know has more air quote <laughs> character development in it. But they didn't do that. They made it down to a two hour movie. It was it was pretty epic and it had it had uh, exhilarating fight scenes and all that. And yeah, the, yeah, the the ending to Cast a Giant Shadow is really good. Bruce Perky, if Herman Melville actually wrote a heist movie set in las vegas would it be better than army of the dead your take are you saying is there going to be a whale a zombie whale is that what's happening zombie whale Uh, i might go for that zombie whale no they have to go into like jonah you're gonna go into a zombie whale to get the safe that the zombie whale ate yes i might watch that Actually, I've just written a better movie right there. There you go. <laughs> Very good. That's a, you, you, you should you should receive like a, a lot of money just for the that, only problem that script is idea. The depth what? of focus is so small, you won't even be able to tell it's a whale. It'll just be like you'll just be able to see the krill on its on its baleen teeth. <laughs> oh wow! Yes. All right, that's enough, folks. I we love I love Army of the Dead and Zack Snyder. And by the way, heads up, I'm a huge fan of Dead Pixels. So FYI, I don't <laughs> <dead> zombie crew. <laughs> zombie crew. <laughs> zombie, yeah, I love my Dead Pixels. 
Bring... That's the best dead thing in that whole movie. Where the <laughs> see, Bruce Perky really is the villain of this podcast. <laughs> that is so. That is so awesome. Also, yes, yes, Bruce. <laughs> let the hate flow through me. <laughs> you know. You know what? I I always thought we would. This Army of the Dead has gotten more run than that. Tom Holland film. What was the Tom Holland film that we were oh, then Cherry, Cherry right? <laughs> yeah, so these <laughs> these movies, I'm telling you, you know, uh, one of these days. What I can't wait. You know, I can't wait till one of these days our podcast becomes so big that we get bankrolled by all the studios, and then Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky will be telling you listeners how much they love comic book movies because you know why they'll be all on the take oh they'll just tell you to like ott on the eliminate take. eliminate that old guy eliminate him <laughs> on replace the take. him with someone young and hip that will listen to us <laughs> okay so lastly as far as recommendations i just got this under the gun i received a screening a screener of cruella Cruella, it's the origin story, right, Eric Holmes? It is the origin Greg, story Greg, of Cruella. Yeah, Greg, exactly, I, sir. I, I yes. love you. I wish I wish I could give you a hug. I'm so yeah. sorry, but go on. Is that the, that's the, okay, the biggest, I, the so biggest thing stuck in the baleen of the whale is Cruella, Cruella, Cruella. <laughs> Very good. No, 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 no. Okay. Cruella, Disney Plus. By the way, Disney Plus. Thank you, Disney Plus, for for supplying me with the screener. I am not on on their payroll scheme. I'm not saying they have a payroll scheme, but look, look, I'm going to defend it. It stars this is Disney Plus Cruella 2021. It's two hours and fourteen minutes. It didn't feel like that, but anyways, it's directed by Craig Gillespie. Does that whet your appetite? Uh, Are you not entertained? The director of I Tanya, Lars and the Real Girl. Million dollar arm in the finest hours. Do any of these four the films? How's he doing a Cruella movie for? He's a good filmmaker. Like, why he's is a he good, doing that? okay. There you go. Surprise from Eric Holmes. He's a good filmmaker. Does yeah. that, does that whet your appetite a little bit? He's, why is he doing that? Bruce Berkey, what do you think? Cruella, Craig Gillespie. Any of these movies sound interesting to you? I, Tanya, The Finest Hours, Million Dollar Arm, and Fright Night. Even, well, remake of Fright Night wasn't so great. I didn't see that, but I, I guess, but okay, now it makes I sense. like The Finest Hours. The Finest Hours was a really yeah. cool throwback. Very underrated film. Bruce Perky, any of these films whet your appetite regarding you might, you might want to see Cruella just because of the yeah. good faith earned in any of these movies. I'm not against Cruella. I'll give it a try. I'm probably okay. going to hate it, but I'll give it a try. Okay, you probably hate it. Okay, the movie is set in the 1970s. In 1970s London, it stars Emma Stone. We all love, I, I love, uh, come on, you know, Emma Stone. Don't you love Emma Stone? Oh, I, Eric I love her. And just like the fact La that La you have to watch this and I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry that she had to be, at least she got paid for it though. So Okay, fair enough. She's so awesome in La La Land. I, 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 La La I need, La I need yes. to stop. I, I didn't even watch this movie, but Jesus. But maybe, maybe it's an R-rated movie and you show her just that she's slaughtering dogs, and like <laughs> wearing their bloody skins. Perhaps and, I spoke I mean, too it, soon. Go on. Yeah, I mean, we don't maybe. know. Maybe she's it wearing starts out, This is the, the beginning is this. I, I, I'm going to guarantee you. The beginning is it's a little puppy dog on the screen. And then it's just her spiked boot smashing it into the ground. <laughs> and then the blood spells Cruella. Oh, very good. See, again, another. Yes, Cruella. Let the hate flow through. Bruce Perky, you, you, you need a side hustle as a screenwriter or pitch man because you are coming up with some really great plot alts regarding these movies. Okay, plot alts. Plot alt Perky. So we're loving this. Okay, so Cruella. Otherwise known as Plop. <laughs> yeah, Emma Stone. Okay, so Cruella, it's Cruella Deville. It's the origin story of Cruella Deville. Emma Stone is Cruella. It's 
set in 1970s London. You see her origin story. Not going to get into much regarding the plot. It, it's a revenge story. She has a bone to pick with this woman called the Bar- Baroness von Hellman, played by Emma Thompson. Baroness von Hellman is a fashion legend who is, has power over all of London. She is the, the queen of fashion in that whole area. But the thing is, Cruella, played by Emma, actually, she's not known by people as Cruella. Her civilian name is, I believe... Emma or something like that. I forget her name. Uh, Ella or Ellen or, or whatever. She's just a normal girl. Okay. She's a normal girl, but she's also like the Baroness, very talented in fashion. And she has Emma. Oh yeah. Her name is Estella. Estella is played by Emma Stone. Estella is her, her, uh, she, by day she's Estella by night. She's Cruella. It's one of these kind of things. And Estella, she is very, a very talented fashion designer as well. So she is, she gets a job under the Baroness's company, and her ultimate long game plan is to wreak havoc on the Baroness's empire and ultimately seek revenge against the Baroness. That is the origin story of Cruella. I was able to see it. It is a very, very fun movie. That said, okay, is it a four out of five star film for me? No. No, it's not. It's three and a half. I'm, uh, yes, with the hood, Eric Holmes. I'm not becoming evil. I'm just saying, you know, Bruce, it's like one of these things when you, with it's a soda or it's a light pop fizz thing and you have the bubble at the top and you like it. You, you drink, it's like a light champagne or something like that. You just like, it's like fizzy and you like it. You, you take it and it's nice a little bit, but it doesn't fill you up as a real good drink. It's not a Chimay. It's not a stout. It is not scotch on the rocks or maybe even scotch neat. It is a light champagne fizz, not even the champagne itself. Like a flute. You're drinking a little bit of that flute on the top. It's entertaining. It's light. It's pop, poppy. It's frothy. It's intended to be very surface. It's a surface entertainment movie. And as that, it works. It's three and a half out of five. My only complaint was there could have been a lot more meat to it. There could have been a lot more stout. There could have been a lot more Guinness, a lot more life to breathe and more interesting stories to explore within this world of Cruella. But this is set in the world of fashion designing. So very pretty dresses. And Emma Thompson is fantastic. She basically steals a show in this movie. And Eric Holmes, you love you love Emma Stone. And she's, she's fine. Yep. She's fine in this movie. Yep. She is great as Cruella. She's convincing. But does it get to the depths of, let's say, La La Land? No. It's not intended to, but it's just, it's a pop song and it's a fine pop song. I just wish this pop song would have had a little bit more of, a little bit more weight to it. Okay. So that is Cruella. It is available on Disney plus, I believe starting Friday. So that is, that is it. What do you think guys? After my, my review, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's available Friday. Oh, you know what? Disney plus with premier access for, for a one-time additional fee on Friday, May 20th. Of what? 20 bucks? 30 bucks. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's 20, but right. Good question, Bruce. I, mean, I don't know if it's 20 or 30 bucks. It doesn't say here on the press release, but again, Cruella is going to be in theaters. I'm assuming Bruce and Eric will not be seeing it. As far as, is this a family movie? I think it's a, it's a good family film to watch with the kids, especially if they like 101 Dalmatians. Eric Holmes, you fan of 101 Dalmatians, Bruce? Any of you guys? Uh, actually, kind of not. <laughs> uh, kind of not. Okay. Um, I take my kids to like Nightmare on Elm Street and Fury Road and stuff. So okay. <laughs> right, take right, your kids to watch Psycho Gourmet. 
PG psycho. I did. We did. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not telling you. I'm saying. <laughs> you, so, you can do you can bring the kids to see Cruella or you can take them to see Psycho Gorman. <laughs> well, we love PG Psycho Gorman, PG for short, of course. We 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 highly endorse that movie. And of course, most recently, we have you know what we should do the more more promotions. If you want to see really amazing an amazing, perfect horror film, horror thriller that's basically set in apartment, Eric Collins, what's your listener see? The gin. Yeah, yeah. That, the that, there's a family movie. The there's gin. Your fam- the gin. It's resonant. The ending hits you. Did they, come on, Bruce. Did, did the ending hit you right, right between the right between, yeah. right between I, the I, eyes? I would advise your kids to watch it at home alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, M- much <laughs> like they'll, they'll watch Home Alone and they'll know how to defeat uh, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci when they break into their house. If they watch the gin alone, they'll know what to do if a monster is chasing them. Better yet, parents, parents from all across the world, if you love horror thrillers, The Gin is absolutely perfect. And if you really trust your kids' inner countenance, inner fortitude, tell your kids, hey, you know what? I just I just saw this really cool movie. I think it's on demand. I have it rented for you. It's called The Gin. Have they say, you know what? Have your kids watch it alone and tell your kids before, hey, Tell your kids, hey, kids, I'm going to put this on right now. And you know what? I'm going to go out for a couple hours. I'll be right back. Right? They, they, they could, <laughs> you know, they, they could have watched The Gin and then uh, watch Cruella. You said Cruella is kind of like a uh, fizzy drink, almost like a tonic. They could have gin and tonic. In the oh, same very way. good. Very good. Gin and tonic. Very, very good, Eric Holmes. So any, you know, Cruella out on Disney Plus with Premier Access. More importantly, also, it's also available on, in theaters as well on Friday, May 28th. And again, we, we like to plug a lot of things, Amazon Associates, all these, you know, all these really cool Cast of Giant Shadows, Entertain Mart. But again, I, my, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to just say it right now. If there's anything you can learn from this one episode, I'm not as much as I love Castle Keep, go see the gin. Go see the gin. It has to be seen. This movie has to be seen. All right. We are going to end our episode with Last but definitely not least, this movie called Rams. Bruce Perky, what's in the box yeah. for this week? Yes, Rams. Uh, this was Greg's pick. Uh, and we're doing, this has just got remade last year, I believe, with Sam Neill. I was going to do a little bit of a twist. And actually, since both of you had seen the original, if I had time, mm-hmm. I was going to see the, the remake. But I had I did not get that in time. Did not that. Okay. So I apologize for that. So it did get recently remade. I know that Greg said, Definitely watch the original because he loved the original, which is what we're doing. Uh, from 2015, uh, directed before, by. Go ahead. Yeah, be, sorry. Before you get into this, the reason why I recommended Rams is because I'm a total sap, and my fear for you, Eric and Bruce, is I highly recommended this movie, and for me, it packed an emotional punch, and I hope it doesn't go down the saccharine route for either of you. So that's my, my main fear regarding, because listeners, I have no idea how they felt about Rams whatsoever. Okay. So uh, directed by a Grimur Hakanorson. I'm not going to do any other of their names. That's the director. I'm just going to say the character names as best as I can, because there's a yep. lot of Icelandic names in this movie. It's, it's takes place in Iceland. I assume that the filmmaker is Icelandic. Uh, this is on Canopy, or you can rent it. I rented it on a, uh, Amazon. There you go. Uh, so pretty basic concept. It starts out and um, you meet Gumi or Gummy. He is a sheep farmer, uh, pretty, you know, bearded 
guy living in the country and it starts out with him and he's going out and he's, you know, checking his sheep and he's, you know, he's got his favorite Ram and he's like making sure everything's cool. And you see, you can tell he really loves his, his flock. He finds a dead sheep next in the next uh, field over. Uh, and then you very quickly discover that he lives basically right next door to his brother, Kitty, Kitty, K-I-D-D-I. And they've been estranged for 40 years. They haven't talked, spoken in 40 years. And the very beginning of the movie is them having a, the yearly best ram in, I guess, the valley contest. And uh, Gumi's brother wins. And Gumi gets second place. And very quickly you discover that there's a possible threat of a, uh, a kind of a disease that could sweep through and, and cause uh, trouble to their flocks. And that's kind of the kickoff to the story. I will just give my impressions and then let Eric jump into because I know he watched it too. My main impression is what I really loved first and foremost is this is one of those movies. It's not going to, it's not, it doesn't have a bunch of fireworks, not a bunch of really like loud emotional scenes this is one of those movies where you watch the characters and you sit with them and you watch how they live and there is a dramatic story to it but it's really kind of living their lives it's going to interest you if you like this movie and i i really really like this movie and i wouldn't say a movie like this on the surface sounds interesting but i found it fascinating throughout and very engaging there is surprisingly a twist at about the 25 minute mark, you'd, something happens that you didn't know was happening. And when you find that out, that increases, believe it or not, it increases the tension a lot in this movie. And I just loved the way that it really just shows how this, mainly Gumi, but you assume his brother lives very similarly because you don't see his brother as much. But just the way he lives, you just watch him like, you know, reheating this giant pot of probably you know, sheep stew and you see him just on his day to day. You see him when he's worried about his you know, ram, putting the ram in the tub in his house and scrubbing it and talking to it. It's, it's, I'm not going to probably sell it in a way that makes sense, but I really, really like this movie and we can not say what it is, but talk about how we felt about the end at the end of this. Cause sure. I, I could say a couple things. Well, Eric, what do you, you think, know Eric? what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce was saying how li- I guess Bruce got to put words in your mouth. I mean, you probably felt this movie felt lived in, a lived in kind of film. Yep. Eric, did you feel the same way as Bruce did regarding? This yeah. Movie? Well, f- first of all, I I don't know why you thought we would think this is saccharine because this is like not that at all. The, this is uh, extremely real. Um, I think all the uh, emotional beats are very well earned. And like Bruce said, this is a hard one to describe uh, because it sounds to describe it sounds boring as hell, but it's not. It, it's, it's a really good emotional journey. Uh, one of the things this movie does really well is that, um, you know, we talk about where like the characters talk about like the scrapy or whatever scrap, whatever the disease that, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the, it's a big deal to them. So I guess it's a big deal to me. Like, it's not important that I know all the, and this movie doesn't feed you a bunch of stuff. Uh, it just, you just kind of assume that the characters know about it. The characters react to it in a way. And therefore I'm like, okay, that that's what we're doing now. Um, the, the relationship between the guy and the, his flock of sheep is really strong. And it's not like a humping sheep sort of thing. It's not. It's, it's nothing like that. 
like his his relationship to his animal is really palpable and i don't quite understand it but i know that he feels that way about him so i kind of i kind of just follow along with that uh the brothers um you know they were and that that's another thing they were uh um you know haven't talked to each other in a long time and i don't believe they explain why maybe they did Mm-mm. i know I, I know the i know the the one brother was pissed at him really pissed at him because the whole uh he's the one that found and then told him about that um but yeah th- this this gives you uh just enough information that you need to follow along but it doesn't hold your hand and walk you through it but you kind of you kind of just go along with it because it all of it emotionally makes sense and I didn't know I'd love a movie about sheep farmers, but here we are. <laughs> the, this, this movie's pretty fantastic. And the uh, ending that I guess we're going to dance around is, uh, I love the ending to this. The ending is yeah. really good. And it's kind of similar to Killing a Two Lovers. It's not, you know, it's not the big fireworks ending, but it's, it. Uh, I don't know, it, it really touched me. And I, the, the ending happened and I, I was just kind of like, Yes, you nailed it. Bruce, I, I was thinking about endings of movies. I'm thinking about the ending of The Third Man as Joseph Cotton, the, the woman that he likes, walks right past him. There's the ending of The Searchers. We're talking about John Wayne with Cast of John's yeah. Shadow. The ending of The Searchers were, well, it's not a spoiler because you've seen this. This is one of, this is like the Rosebud moment in Citizen, Citizen Kane. You see him walking out into the distance with the silhouette of the door and, and everything like that. For me, Rams, the ending of it, was it's something that I don't think if you if you actually watch this movie it's hard it's unforgettable and we're, we are dancing around it so Bruce wanted to hear your take on the ending yeah and I won't also won't talk about what the ending is exactly other than to say it is perfect and it's I could where the the ending goes as far as how these characters are relating to each other could have been done okay in a bunch of different ways and you can imagine things happening throughout this movie in different ways to get to a similar point. But by doing it the way they do it, I think it has a really greater impact. And it's, 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 I don't want to say it's almost visceral, you know, it is it totally. Yeah. Is. There's something, there's something about, um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else because yeah, I might give away something about it. Uh, I wanted to mention one other thing because what Eric was talking about, about how um, this movie really is earning a lot of these uh, beats and stuff. And, talking about like how you narratively tell your story as opposed to just, um, you know, the obvious is show, don't tell, right. Or whatever. But I mean, this does it in some really, really clever ways because there isn't a ton of conversations between these two main characters. And you have to illustrate like how deep their disconnection has become knowing they literally live next to each other. Like their houses are a stone throw away. Um, and at one point, Gumi's brother breaks one of his windows and they have this thing where, and you don't describe it. They just show Gumi's brother's dog comes over and they obviously, he loves the dog too. And he has written up an invoice for the window and he gives it to the dog and sends it over to his brother for the broken window. And just that simple act. I mean, there's a simple moment just telling you like, okay, this is the level they've come to, you know, <laughs> that this is a way they communicate and what they communicate is you owe me money. You know, it's like, it's just like always a constant, like weird, like level of fuck you between the two of them. And then just the dra- drama of the scrapey and, and some of the things that happen around that are just, there's just such awesome, simple moments. There's a moment where you have Gumi just dismantling part of a barn 
and it means so much and it you wouldn't think it would but it does and the way it's done is just it's just perfect this is just pitch perfect throughout yes yeah pitch yeah exactly rams is a pitch perfect movie and it's available you you said you rented it via amazon mm-hmm. bruce it's also i believe available on blu-ray via cohen media it's 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 just one of, and again it was remade as a sam neill film bruce perky knows his way around Sam Neill's movies because he recently purchased a $500 million copy of Possession <laughs> starring Neil and Isabel Ajani. He's been pimping out yeah. that DVD to me and Eric Holmes the past that, week or so. Yes, sir. Is that remake out now? Yes. I'm yes. kind of curious to watch it, but it kind of... Uh, right? I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll say I'm not looking forward to it, but I am right? curious because I could be wrong. And I'm sure Cruella is a wonderful movie and I just need to watch it. <laughs> but I, I could be wrong about this remake, but I'm my guess is that everything Rams does perfect, the remake figures they need to get in and explain more than well, and I dude, I, I may uh, be wrong or not, but I I don't know. How could you I mean do, it's one of those movies do a remake? It's right. Well, right. I'm gonna say like you could do a really solid job of this, and I could imagine Sam Neill being really solid in a remake of this movie. But the whole point is, there's certain movies that just there's no point. Like there's no point to make a remake of this movie. Like and, you can't gain anything. You can only lose. Yeah, it's, it's not like there's. It's not like there's. I mean, there's story between the brothers that we don't know, but I, I don't really care to see that movie because why? Why they're fighting? You could you could have that story, and I'm sure it'd be good. But to see their relationship, you know, um, develop as it is, you know, they say when you're writing, start as late as possible and leave as early as possible. This movie does that like there's Hmm. um, anything else would be extraneous and you really don't need it. And I'm guessing that if they're doing a remake, it's got to be for one of two reasons. One, they want to add the extraneous shit on it, which will just make it worse. Or they figure people can't read subtitles, which, fair enough, some people okay. can't. And, that, and that's fine, too. But this movie is practically silent. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, there it is. is not much talking in this movie. There is, right. you yeah. know, there's townspeople, there's people talking in this movie. But I would say, what, <laughs> two-thirds of this movie is people doing things where they're not having to talk to each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, so that's off the table. Yeah, no reason to remake this, but I'm I'm, re- I'm really curious to see because what if what if it's great though? What, you know what? Like, you know what though? Be. You know yeah. what though? If they actually made it with this remake, if they tried to make it in the same tone as the original, first of all, they're not going to get any credit because you, you're going to say, oh well, you just did a carbon copy, you copied it beat by beat, and even if it works, f you because you just basically stole the stole that original. Yeah. Okay. The, the best thing they can do, in my opinion, uh, actually none of us having watching the remake, is to create a, ver- a variation of the original, right? And it's like, it's hard. This movie is so pitch perfect. You, you can never equal it. So the best thing you can do is to spin it off into something lesser. Yeah. And that's that, the best I, you can hope for. That, I just read the synopsis. What they did is the scrapey causes the sheep to become zombies and this actually is a remake of black sheep the zombie horror movie so i see how this very good very good this is this is a three and a half hour version so it's got extra (laughs) character development one of these days you know what one of these days i'm gonna say if i ever if i ever make money on my crypto i might have to just call Zack snyder up and, and and roll eric holmes and bruce perky 
they might have scholarships to the Zack Snyder Filmmaking Academy. Who knows? This might happen. One of these days, Zack Snyder is going to walk up to me, say, you're a fucking asshole and punch me in the face and I will have deserved it. No, but the no, good thing no. about it is it's going to be in slow motion. So you'll be able to dodge it. <laughs> oh, wow, Bruce. I don't know who's going to get punched. Maybe I might be the first one to get punched because I'm such a Zack Snyder. Really like, no, I was the one that liked you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, folks, FYI, a little bit of our running, I guess, in a brotherly ram situation i'm the i'm the outlier here i'm the one who loves everything that Zack snyder touches and there's no sarcasm behind that most importantly rams is worth the watch that was bruce perky's what's in the box for this week do i is there a penalty for me bruce for next week because you picked my penalty i have to watch no it's not not a penalty penalty, a reward there's a a reward reward. the reward reward. is we have we have community sourced the next box pick Oh, I thought you said I thought you said that our cinematics listeners was gonna or they were gonna send me some free Bitcoin or or Ethereum. No, uh, this is just maybe, movies. Bruce? Maybe I mean I don't know that. That's up to them. I'm kidding. I'm Bruce. Yeah. So we have seven nominations. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of picking something from the box, I'm gonna ra- box. I'm gonna randomly generate one through seven, and we're gonna figure okay. out what you're gonna watch next week, and I'll watch it too if I haven't. Okay. Even if I've seen it, and watch it again. Okay. Eric might want to watch it. I don't know. I might. Eric Eric ultimately (laughs) just watches everything. He'll just watch. Hey there, Brucey. What's in the box there? Come on. All right. She went movie. That she went movie on Greggy. Matt Stillman. Matt Matt Stillman Stillman. is the uh, the winner. And he suggested since he he says that animation is uh, kind of a blind spot for you in general, that uh, you're going to, you and I guess I'm myself, because I haven't seen it either, are going to watch Coco. Coco. Oh, Coco. Okay. The the Pixar movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. You'll By like the it. way, Matt Stillman is part of our Cinematics Facebook group every single morning. Please join our Cinematics Facebook group every morning. And this is not sarcasm. You'll be treated to, um, at 4 or 4.30 in the morning, a post on our Cinematics Facebook group from the aforementioned Matt Stillman. And he'll he'll uh, actually review, do an insightful review on movies that he's been watching uh, via criterion or or canopy he does a lot of really cool capsulized reviews for our facebook group and f you matt stillman because i think you're actually going to reach 500 movies by the end of the year which i keep (laughs) on saying that i'm going to do i'm sure you know what i'm sure among all three of us we might be almost up to 500 by the end of the year but i haven't been tracking bruce have you been tracking your your progress yeah or i'm at like 180 oh if you have 180 i must have like 150 so we're we're not going to make 500 right no no. Yikes. I made like 400 last year. That's fine. 400 is good. 400 is good. Okay. But but thank you, Matt Stillman, for Coco. I have, uh, you know, disclosure aside, I, I have seen Coco, but I'll see it again. Okay. So have you, okay. but you, and you've seen Coco as well? No. I haven't seen it. No. I have. Okay. Good. Well, it's really I, good. It's yes, really, it, really, really. You I, could I, always I, watch Eric's. Eric, you could watch Eric's suggestion in in lieu of Coco. And I'll watch Coco. <laughs> no, oh, what was what was Eric? Eric, what was your suggestion? I know what your suggestion is, Bruce Rosemary's Baby. I'm sorry, but again, what was no, your it wasn't. I, I picked was a, not. I picked a, a streaming movie on Pornhub called Bad Pussy. <laughs> okay, so that we are an E for explicit podcast, <laughs> and I try to clean things up. What what Eric? No, no, it's me. not what you think. <laughs> it's about a little kitty cat and okay, it's called okay, bat. It's, it's a bat cat. Eric Holmes has a tendency to mispronounce names. He was talking or monikers. He was talking about 
Bad Posse, directed by Kirk Douglas and starring Bruce Stern. Go check out Bad Posse or what it's no, mainly known in the U.S. as Posse in, on Amazon Prime Video. We love Bruce Stern. There, what Bruce? What was your pick? What was your pick from one of the seven? Uh, mine was the Abominable Doctor Fives. Oh, from okay. the late sixties. It's uh, Vincent Price is one of his weirdest horror movies, but it's also a kind of Art Deco, and it's also just amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's well. I mean, yeah. we're in new ground here. Should I want rewatch Coco, or should because I've already seen it? Should I do the Abominable? Maybe I should just do the Abominable because I haven't seen it. You should. Have you seen it, Eric? I don't think so. Okay, so that is our. So. That you is. You can our... watch it on YouTube. It's it's yeah. it's free to watch on YouTube or a lot of other places. So yeah. Okay, Matt Stillman, thank you so much for that suggestion. But we are going to watch. Eric Holmes and I, the abominable Dr. Fibes or Fibs or Pibs or Dr. Fibes on via Fibes. YouTube vibe. So maybe that'll give some extra value added content. And then plus Bruce Perky is doing the extra credit by he will be watching Matt Stillman's choice of Coco. By the way, yeah. a movie that movie that got me a little bit teary eyed at the end. Remember me, remember you, remember Hang on. this movie. I'm yes, gonna, don't don't leave yet. Oh, I'm not leaving. What what happened? Oh, Bruce, Bruce is going to be back in a second. He's going to come. He's coming out with a physical media thing. What, what, there's a, he, oh, but I had no idea that Bruce was wearing a really cool Melvin shirt. I need to listen to more Melvins because Melvins, Nirvana. Oh, and yes. Machine, and which machine. is my brother's band. Oh, machine. a machine. I got a, is a machine on Spotify? I should give machine a whirl actually. Um, you'll be able to find machine. See, oh. look, look, I've still oh. got the, the, Dr. Fibes, the oh, abominable Dr. Fibes. Look at Bruce Perky bringing out the MGM DVD, Midnight Movies DVD. Now with the with the takeover by Amazon a video, that DVD might skyrocket because those MGM DVDs are now a scarce, a rarity. Eric Holmes, that might be a real, uh, real uh, piece of advice for you. Go go to your local entertainment mart, to your entertainment mart, and pick up as many MGM DVDs as possible, I yep. think. You know, that, that's and, really and I think I think we'll probably be doing a drawing for another one of those. It, okay. It's been a while. We we gotta do another one soon. Okay, that sounds good. That okay. is that is our show. Anything? Any final thoughts, Eric Holmes? Gotta, I, I, I I believe uh, Bruce, you gotta you gotta pick from the box there. Oh, my fault. You, yeah. No, no, wait. but we 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 didn't we do coke? So is there gonna be another? Yeah, we did our gonna, pick. Our pick. You got a double. Dip? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I never, never mind, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we, Coco, and then they've well, got the Bama Doctor Fibs. We're good. We are. I, we, I, we, you I, know I what, you. Eric Holmes? You know what? See, I, I thought that was on top of what's no, for the no. what, what's in the box. Eric Holmes is still in Castle Keep mode. We 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 abandoned that that <laughs> weird ship long ago. Eric Holmes in the Castle Keep mode. Get out of the castle, Eric Holmes. It's burning down. Get out now. You know, so, I, I, I just got that Volkswagen in my head, and that's all I'm thinking about right folks. now. <laughs> yeah, listeners. Yeah, okay. See the gin. That's first of all. And number two, if you ever secretly were in lust with a VW bug, here's I'm your move. Castle God. Keep. Curves on that Volkswagen is so goddamn sexy. Okay. Eric Holmes sounds very sorry, weird sorry. and creepy right now, but you know what? It's actually apropos because Castle Keep gets really weird and creepy. Speaking of, I was going to say, speaking of weird and creepy. No, I'm just going to say, <laughs> speaking of the ultimate villain of the show, Bruce Perky, <laughs> you're going to have our final thoughts regarding this week. Uh, plop, 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 
Flop, 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 fizz, fizz. (laughs) Oh, what a relief it is, folks. We are, I was going to say, we are relieved that you listen to our show. (laughs) Just a really bad, bad analogy. Plop. By the way, Eric Holmes, do you know what plop, plop, fizz, fizz, or are you just too young for that uh, kind of analogy? Alka-Seltzer. Oh, very good. Very good. After you watch Cruella. Oh, that's after you. That's, you can use it after you watch Cruella. Bruce Berkey, very yeah, good. It's a fizzy drink. It's fizzy. It's fizzy. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah very, 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 very fizzy. Folks, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to us on Find Your Film. Um, you know what? Anything? Uh, email Eric Holmes at hamslime at gmail.com just to say hi, uh, you know, entertain Mart stuff. Hit him up. Bruce Perky at gmail.com if you want some what's in the box conversations or film recommendations. And that is it. We will see you next week. Have a great week watching movies.